Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast by Preset Ministries Canada. Come discover God's truth for yourself by studying His Word and deepen a personal, transformational relationship with God. You are listening to the series Contend for the Faith, the Book of Jude. Hello everyone, it's Mark Sheldrake here, National Director of Preset Ministries here in Canada. This is Unlocking the Truth podcast, and we are so thankful that you are tuning in and you are a part of this podcast, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, right directly from our website, or maybe, just maybe, you're watching this on YouTube. Yes, folks, this is the first time we are putting this out on a video podcast. And so uh, Jude will all be through video podcast as well as our regular audio and uh, what a great opportunity is for us to keep using this tool uh, the way that we can to reach people across Canada. And it is actually, this podcast is making its way around the world. And we're so thankful for all of you who are listening to this. It is a brand new year. So thankful uh, to start the new year with this great podcast on the book of Jude. Just before we do, I want to point you to a couple of things. Uh, to pay attention to happening. This uh, coming year, we are going to be running uh, five conferences across the country called the Problem with Evil Conference. We're going to look at why does God allow suffering in the world. And so uh, we are looking for five locations across the country right now. And uh, we know that we have a few people interested but if you would like to host one of these conferences in your province, please contact us at training at preceptministries.ca. It is a Friday night and all-day Saturday conference. Uh, we have no charge for this event, and uh, you can come at uh, completely free. Bring a friend and learn the inductive method, but also let's look at this topic of why does God allow suffering, which is a pretty big, important topic for us. Uh, in today's uh, age of what we're experiencing around the world. Uh, also, we have uh, new training workshops uh, going on online, online Bible studies, and training workshops in person across the country. Please come and participate in these events and bring people with you that you are uh, interested in introducing people to the inductive method. That said, let me pray. And let's commit our time to the Lord as we look at the book of Jude. Father, we do thank you for the time that we have. We thank you for this opportunity to bring this through video now, Lord. And I pray that this would reach uh, so many people uh, with your word, that it would challenge them to not only just listen, watch, but to study for themselves. And so, Lord, uh, we commit this time to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you're studying along with us, Fantastic. You can get the Precept Upon Precept book on our website uh, in the book of Jude. It's a five-week study, and we're going to be breaking down this podcast into five weeks. We want you to study for yourself, and we want you to see these truths using observe, interpret, and apply. And so uh, you can get that book, or you can study the NISS, the New Inductive Study Series, First, Second Peter, and Jude, Living with Discernment in End Times. That book will be great value to you because after the book of Jude, we are heading into the book of First Peter. And so uh, looking forward to these things, and you can uh, participate way more 
you'll retain way more if you study with us versus just listening. Grab those books today. Uh, let's be encouraged by one another and equipped in the Word. There's some great verses in this book of Jude. It is one book, chapter, 25 verses, but 25 powerful verses that we're going to look at. So yes, we are going to break that down over five weeks. This is the overview week. We're just going to take a 10,000-foot view of the book of Jude, and then we're going to break it down into four different parts, that being the role of the called, those who Jude says are beloved, uh, set apart for the gospel. We're going to look at the ungodly. We are going to uh, then look at how to recognize false teachers that are among us. And that's going to be a major uh, thing we're going to be focusing on for the next few months because of the culture that we're living in right now. Uh, First Peter, again, we'll learn more about that in just a few minutes, but First Peter, again, addresses these uh, teachers as well. And then the final episode is going to be filled with application because we're going to look at what is my role in contending for the faith. And so uh, make sure that you grab all five episodes and you keep tuning in, share the podcast with others. Let's uh, try and get as many people engaged in the Word as we can throughout 2024. All right, so the book of Jude, again, 25 verses, one chapter, and we're going to look at first, uh, the first verse for a moment. Uh, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. All right, so before we go any further, you need to go and you need to read the entire uh, book. There's some verses in here that you've probably read before. Uh, specifically, you've probably heard verses 24 and 25 if you've been in church. Your pastor's probably used it as a benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling, falling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, authority, before all time, now and forevermore. Uh, we've used that. I mean, I was when I was pastoring, I used that to close out our services. But hey, there's 23 verses before those final two verses that are filled with impactful content that we are going to discuss here. Uh, the first verse shows us who Jude is, and that's what we want to do. We want to, as a part of this overview, we want to look at who Jude is. And Jude, from the text, in our simple observations, he tells us he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He's the brother of James. All right, so uh, Jude is the brother of James, who is the brother of Jesus. Jude is the brother of Jesus. Prior to Jude's gospel transformation, uh, the gospels tell us that Jude was a denier of Jesus as the Messiah. And so let's look that up because that's very interesting. Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 55, tells us about uh, Jude. Okay, so Matthew 13, uh, verse 55. It says here, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us when this man 
uh, God all these things. They took offense at him, but Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and, uh, and in his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because there was unbelief. People believing, unbelieving in his own town that Jesus truly was the Messiah. Uh, John chapter 7, verse 5. We also have reference to this unbelief when it comes to the Messiah. It says, For not even his brothers were believing in Jesus as the Messiah. So you've got Jesus in his, uh, this call as the Messiah. He's the Son of God. And we've got the family who is denying that they believe that he is uh, the Son of God, and they don't believe that he uh, was the one do, being able to do all of these miracles as the Messiah. All right, so uh, Jude, he had this major gospel transformation. He, he went from an unbeliever to a believer to the point where, you know what, Jude could have started his letter, and he could have said it this way. Jude, the brother of Jesus and bondservant. But no, he starts with a, him as a servant bound to service without pay. And he doesn't even refer to himself as the brother of Jesus, but he refers to himself as the brother of James. This is, this is significant stuff for us because what does he do? He, he puts not his family relationship with Jesus first. He puts his dedication as a servant to Jesus, Messiah, as the greatest importance over any family line. I think that is just fantastic stuff. All right, let's look at the next part of this. Uh, we know Jude, the brother of Jesus, but Jude is also uh, written in the similar time frame. Scholars believe similar time frame as Second Peter. So we're looking at around 67 AD as uh, this happening. It's possibly written after the time of which Jesus, uh, I mean, Peter wrote his second letter, because in his second letter, he wrote about false prophets that were going to be coming to the churches. So let's look at that together, uh, because in Second Peter, he says, uh, in verse chapter 2, false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensualities, and because of them, the way of the truth may, will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their, de their destruction is not asleep. In the book of Jude, because as we believe that it's written after the letter to Second Peter, when Second Peter's like, hey, false, false teachers are coming, be aware of that. Jude, when he writes, listen to what he says uh, in verse 4, and then we'll come back to the full reason for writing. So in verse 4, he says, certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation ungodly persons 
who turned the grace of our God into licentiousness, persons who, t- and they deny uh, our only master and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we'll look closer at these ungodly people in a few minutes, but the wording, the wording of Second Peter and of Jude are very similar in the sense that we will have an entire episode on these ungodly people, but in the sense that you have that these people, these crept in ungodly people who crept in unnoticed, long beforehand they have been marked out for condemnation. In the same way Peter talked about how these false teachers were uh, marked out for judgment because of their uh, teaching. So here we've got that the possibility here is that they are written either around the same time or Second Peter came first, and Jude came second, because now, in Jude, these people are in the church. Second Peter warned that they were coming. Jude says, they're here. Uh, he actually says that they're in your love feasts, which we'll look at again in just a few minutes. So, uh, the timing around the same time. So, we know that the church at this time was under attack from false teachers, and it was vital for this church to understand that these false teachers were bringing false doctrine and trying to sway people away from the gospel and the foundations of truth. All right, so when you think about that, doesn't that just sound like today? Doesn't it sound like what's going on in our world right now? We have a world around us where we know that the gospel, that the the scriptures, the 66 books of the Bible, that they are the plumb line of truth. They are the, the way that we determine what is right and what is wrong according to the eyes of God. If we have a biblical worldview, we are looking at the scriptures and determining how to live a life of godliness according to what God tells us to do in his word. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we know that all scripture is God-breathed and that it is adequate for equipping the man. It's good for teaching, for reproof, and for correction. All of these things that the Word of God is good for, and we need to be pointing back to the Word of God. This is why it was so vital for our ministry in 2023 to take the Cross Canada tour uh, around the country and use the Truth Speaks workshop to show people the doctrine of the Word of God, and then not only show them the doctrine of the Word of God and what God's Word says about itself, but then to go back and look at what does the Bible say about me? What does the Bible say about me as a believer from the book of Romans? And so uh, we're, we're setting a foundation. Precept is not doing, in Canada, we're not doing things, you know, just here and there. We have a method and, and a God-given plan that we want to accomplish in our country. And it is to get people, first, people who profess Jesus as Lord and Savior, to point them back to the Word of God, back to the truth, back to the plumb line, so that they would know that when people are out there and people are talking about their own truth and what they believe is morally right in their own eyes, all of these truths that are based on feelings and not on facts, the Bible is fact, it's not feeling. Go back to the Word and see these truths. We want people to use the Word of God to be able to equip themselves to know what truth is in a world that is teaching so much untruth. 
Uh, Romans chapter 12 says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. This is what precept wants. And so we start with the truth speaks. We do the podcast on Romans to bring about the doctrine. Then we're going into the book of Jude because Jude warns about the false teachers that are already there. And that brings you to the reason for writing the book of Jude. He says in verse 1, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt it necessary, the necessity to write to you, uh, you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down for the saints. Uh, in verse 3, we have the reason for writing. We've got the purpose for why this book was written. You see, Jude intended to write to them. It looks like he intended to write to them of a great encouragement letter, like one of Paul's letters, like First Thessalonians. Well done. You're doing great. We have all of these great things in common. Paul says in Thessalonians, even though you're doing so well, excel still more in what you're doing. Uh, because the will of God is sanctification for you. Get yourself ready for the return of Jesus Christ. And as Jude was intending to write about this common bond that they have with one another, guess what? He realizes there's a greater importance than just talking about our common salvation. The greater importance is, is hey, church, you need to pay attention. Those false teachers that Peter was warning about, they're here. Not only are they here, they're among you. You may not recognize who they are among you, but if you, you pay attention to their words and their actions and you look a little closer at them, you're going to see that they are not on the same agenda that you are, church. And because they're not on the same agenda that you are, he says that I am appealing to you to contend earnestly for the faith. Uh, we're going to look closer at that contending earnestly for the faith in our next episode, but this is the reason for writing. He's saying you need to fight for the truth. You need to fight for sound doctrine. You need to fight for the plumb line of God's Word. It is the very voice of God, and it is coming into question with everything that these false teachers are doing. And it is the same principle, the same principle that is used in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 6, when, when Satan, he goes and he talks to Eve and he says, did God really say that? You see, the enemy has not changed his tactics in thousands of years. It's still the same. It's question the word of God at all costs and whether it's truth. And he calls us here. He says, fight for truth, contend for the faith. And so this, this is why we are looking at the book of Jude in this time, because you and I, we got to fight. We are in a spiritual war. Don't be unaware of the fact that we are in a battle for truth. I mean, I've been saying this for years, but we can see it even clearer now than we could a few years ago. We are in an absolute battle for truth. 
And it is time for us, church, to fight for that truth. All right, so uh, let's look here at the audience. Let's look a little closer at the audience. It says, to those in verse 1, to those who are called by uh, beloved in God. So uh, there's a couple things, and we're going to dive into this verse next episode. But listen to what Jude says about these people. There, it doesn't draw attention to exactly who they are, but if Peter, uh, this was written after the time of Peter, it could very well be that Jude was writing to the same group of people that Peter was. Regardless of that, uh, the letter of Jude was going to be passed around. People were going to read it with the purpose of, hey, you need to contend for the faith. Uh, he calls them uh, in verse 1, he calls these recipients of the letter, he calls them the called. He calls them the beloved by God. And he also says that they are kept for Jesus. Uh, these three things we're going to look at in episode two. So we're not going to spend so much time with them right now. Verse five tells us about these recipients as well. Uh, Jude says, I desire to remind you that you know all things once and for all, that the Lord saving people out of the land of Egypt subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. What does he tell them? It's nothing new. Jude's not telling them anything new that is coming in this letter that they don't already know. And the one thing that they already know is that God hates sin, that God is going to deal with sin, that God is just, and that God does not, cannot associate with sin, and so he will take care of sin, especially when it comes to these certain people that crept in unnoticed. Folks, episode three, because we're going to look in episode three at the ungodly. Uh, verse 12 tells us that uh, these people, this church, that they have potlucks. Oh, the potluck. Oh, as a Baptist minister for so many years, I can remember the potlucks. What a great opportunity to come together. Everybody brings a different meal. Get to the line quick, because all those good dishes in the potluck will be gone. And here's what Jude tells us, that there are these men, the ungodly men, who are in your love feasts. Uh, they feast with them, but they feast with them without caring. Uh, they are these ungodly, which we'll look in a minute. But most importantly, they are people uh, that they are coming together in fellowship. They're breaking bread together. Uh, I can think of Acts chapter 2 in that first church. They came together for the breaking of bread, for the fellowship, and for prayer. And so here, this church planted on the same principles. And so, uh, but these ungodly people are mixing in with them. Uh, verse 17 tells us, You, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, so that they were saying to you, in the last time there will be mockers following their own ungodly lusts. Uh, you need to remember. Uh, call to mind what was taught to you by the apostles. <laughs> if you look at this, if you look at these verses right in verse 17, that verse is almost to a point that of what is Second Peter. In the days, in Second Peter, it says, in the days there will be mockers who will come mocking and say, where is the promise of his coming? That the mockers of Second Peter were questioning 
the return of Jesus Christ. And that's where you get that verse in Second Peter, uh, where a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years. The Lord is not so low about his promise, but wishes all to come to know him. He doesn't want any of them to perish. And so this verse right here, this is why we look and say this has got to be very closely connected to Second Peter because the wording is very, very similar to that of Second Peter. All right, the other thing that I, I want to draw attention to is uh, Precept does everything at no charge to the participants. We do charge for our resources, our books that we send out, but our training workshops, our conferences, and even the production of this podcast we put all out in the hopes and pray that if you are being impacted by the ministry you would consider giving to precept at preceptministries.ca click the give button today and support precept in canada so that we can continue to do ministry across the country do you know what this year we're looking for 2500 people who haven't given to us uh, in the past, new people to give and commit to $100 throughout the year and to keep that as an ongoing commitment of $100 a year. If we have 2,500 people give to the ministry at $100, that's $250,000 for the use of um, for ministry in Canada. We use those, those things, again, produce the podcast, allow these workshops to be uh, held free of charge to all participants. We also use those funds for translation of our French materials, and uh, those French materials are used globally. And so we're so thankful to be the front runners of pushing those translations out throughout the country. Find out more about how you can give to Precept at www.preceptministries.ca. All right, let's look at another uh, fact. Uh, they heard the apostles' word in verse 17, and then in verse 20, you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy of faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Uh, what does Jude tell us about these people? He says, you have a most holy faith. Uh, these are all great things that are told about the church. Uh, so we know they're beloved, they're called, they're kept for Jesus, but they're also given some instructions. All right, so what we're doing here, what we're doing in this overview is we are looking at author, recipient, we'll look at the other people, and then looking at the instructions. These are all the key principles of if you wanted to go and study a New Testament letter, this is the way that you're going to approach it. Go and look at the, the who's, author and the recipient. Uh, who's the other who? Maybe there's a bad group of people that you want to pay attention to. Look at the instructions and the exhortations that come through uh, the church, and then write those things down. List everything. Come to know it. And what happens is, when you look at the who's, when you look at the uh, instructions and the exhortations, you're going to find the reason for writing, and you can build historical context and know what's happening within the church. All right, so here, this is what they're told. Verse 3, instruction number 1, contend earnestly for the faith. You need to fight for the faith. Instruction number 2, verse 17, uh, remember the words. Also in verse 17, another instruction and exhortation is to build yourselves up. Uh, build up your faith. 
He tells them in verse 20, uh, build yourselves in the most holy of faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, he says, uh, keep yourselves in the love of God. Wait anxiously for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. He tells us to pray in the Holy Spirit. He tells us, wait for Jesus. He tells us to have mercy on those uh, who are doubting. All of these uh, are vital instructions for the church in this important time. And then uh, let's look at the ungodly. The ungodly people that these ungodly people who caused Jew to change the entire reason for writing this letter. All right, so the first mention of these ungodly people are in verse 4. It tells us certain persons, they've crept in unnoticed, they're long beforehand marked out for the condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness, and they deny our Master and Lord Jesus Christ. There's, there's some important key facts about these ungodly people. First, we need to look at these ungodlies, and they say, hey, they, they've crept in unnoticed. The fact that they crept in unnoticed, doesn't, it means they don't have a name tag on that says false teacher, uh, intent to injure. Uh, they don't have any of this, this stuff within them that says, oh, look, there's something wrong with that individual within this church. This is really a fact that they look like us as believers. They probably talk like us with believers. But in their heart of hearts, their intent is so much different than that of a believer who's pursuing righteousness. They're pursuing their own, their own principles, their own ideas, their own um, agenda for their own sordid gain. All right, so that's first. They're, they've crept on unnoticed, but it also says, and this is why we're going to spend an entire episode on the ungodly, because it says, long beforehand, mark out for judgment. Uh, this is very interesting. We're going to take a whole episode to look at these folks in episode three, because uh, it says, they in ESV, it says they are designated for condemnation. What in the world does that mean? All right, so uh, we're going we're gonna to take that time to look at that. Uh, it says they turn grace, the grace of our God, into licentiousness. Uh, they, ESV says they pervert his grace into sensuality. Uh, we'll spend some time looking at that. Most important, what's the one that we can truly draw off this and we can understand right now with not too much interpretation? They deny Jesus. This is the greatest one. This is, this is why we talk about how their words and their actions might look like us as believers, but the intent of their heart is completely different than ours who pursue righteousness because they actually deny that Jesus is Master and Lord. And so they are pursuing their own agenda, their own passion, and their own will for their lives. They are not looking to present their lives at this point as righteous people before God when they will face this judgment. All right, let's look at uh, another fact. Okay, so in verses 5 to 7, in verses 5 to 7, 
Uh, I'm not going to read them. You can go back and read them. But these are examples. Uh, this is not a reference to the ungodly in the letter of Jude. This is three Old Testament examples of God bringing down judgment on the ungodly. So we will look at these three examples in episode three. Stay tuned. Remember, we're doing a 10,000-foot view of these 25 verses today, and we're not going to be breaking down uh, them all at once. you got to hang in for all five episodes of Jude before uh, we're going to have a full understanding of what's happening here. Uh, it tells us in verse 8 more about the ungodly. Uh, in the same way, these men, these people who crept in unnoticed, these people who deny Master and Lord, uh, they, they dream and defile the flesh, they reject authority, and they revile angelic majesties. Uh, so, basically, what do you got here? Let's, let's sum this up quickly so that we can continue to move on. They reject authority. All right, they reject authority, and we are going to, again, draw attention to this in future episodes that we want to uh, look at. Uh, verse 10 tells us about the ungodly. They revile the things which they do not understand and the things which they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals. Uh, by these things, they will be destroyed. Uh, they blaspheme things, according to the ESV, they blaspheme things they don't understand. Uh, so this is, this is uh, very interesting because we can see this going on in our world today. People not having full biblical understanding, they blaspheme God because of what's happening. Think about it. Why does God allow suffering? The questions that come out of out of that, they come from those who don't have a good biblical worldview and understanding. And so that's why we'll travel with the problem of evil. Why does God allow suffering? Let's get a good biblical understanding of suffering in the world and why God allows these to ha things to happen from Scripture. Let's understand it. Let's not mock God and his great plan for what's going on in the world. Let's get to know the plan a little bit better through his word. All right, so we also have uh, that these people, uh, verse 12, they're hidden in the potlucks. Uh, they're hidden there, and listen to what it says what they do. Uh, they're hidden in, the re in, your, in hidden reefs in your love feasts. When they feast, they do it without fear, caring only for themselves. Do you see it? Those who deny the Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, they're only in it for themselves. And the fact that they pursue their agenda, and they're not afraid of the believers in the church. They do this without any fear of the believers. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Even more importantly, they do it without fear of repercussion of what God is going to do to the ungodly. And so they're only caring for themselves. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're not seeing why Jude is so important for us today, it's because a lot of the agendas and plans and movements that the world is teaching right now is all about self. 
It's all about caring for yourself. It's all about what you feel like determines how you believe what your truth is. That stuff is not just out in the world anymore on the streets and in the big cities. It's in the church. These things are infiltrating the church. And it's coming in and they're working without fear. But you know what? If we're people who contend earnestly for the faith and we fight for the truth and we hold true to the word of God, we are the ones who should be going to battle without fear because the Lord is on our side. The Lord stands in truth and God will bring judgment down on those who only pursue the things for their own desires, their own passions, and their own wills. That's scriptural. That's right in the Bible. It's right in the book of Jude, as we'll unwrap as we go through. All right, let's keep looking at these, uh, these people. All right, so these men, uh, they are execute judgment upon themselves in verse 11. Uh, they have ungodly deeds in verse 15. Uh, they're acting in an ungodly way, uh, and uh, they, are, they are doing harsh things uh, that are going on. And listen to what it says in verse 16. This, in, in verse 16, uh, this is where it begins to hit home, because remember, these people look and they act, and they, they are much like we could think that they are believers because we can't see their heart. There are things that are coming out that Jude can point to and say, you know what, you may not be able to see the intent of their heart, but some of their actions are making it very clear that they are a part of this ungodly group. And he says they are grumblers, they find fault, they follow after their own lusts, they speak arrogantly, they flatter people for the sake of gaining an advantage. He tells them that they are mockers, they are ones who cause division, they are worldly-minded, they do not have the Holy Spirit. All of these things that we can see, these are, these are markers for the ungodly in the church. Even though they crept on unnoticed, these are some characteristics that you've got to pay attention to. And these ones here, these people, these ungodly people, they are causing division in the church, and this is happening today. And this is happening within our, within our culture today. This is happening within our churches, and it's all based on, did God really say that? Did God really say that in his word? And we're, when we begin to question the authority of God's word and who he is, it causes those who have this agenda to pursue their own desires to really show that they deny their master and Lord Jesus Christ, that they're not truly saved, and that the division is going to come. Because you know what? They are going to sway people who are weaker in the faith. They are going to sway people into their court who do not understand the Word of God. And that's why, that's why this ministry is so vital in this country of Canada. And this precept that is around the world in more than 100, 150 countries in 95-plus languages. Why is it so important? Because observe, interpret, and apply to understand the scriptures for ourselves, to be able to look at what the truth is and know. 
And so this is really vital for us to understand, that as Jude brings all of this together, he tells this church, even though all of this is going on, that you are kind of, you know, you need to build yourselves up because there's false teachers. Build yourselves up in holy faith. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep your eyes focused on the second coming of Jesus. Don't get caught up in what's going on within the church. Don't get caught up in the, in the battles of, you know, did God really say that? Know the word of God and return with, yes, God said that. Why did God say that? Because the Bible says that the word of God is God's very voice, and Hebrews, and in the book of Titus, both, and in the book of Numbers, those three passages, all three of them, tell us that God cannot lie. And because God cannot lie, we know that we can take every word of Scripture into account, knowing that it is His voice, and that it is going to come true. And so that when He promises He is coming back, He's coming back. And when he comes, promises that he's coming back and he's bringing judgment upon those who are ungodly, folks, he's coming back and he's bringing judgment upon those who are ungodly. The word of God is truth. In the book of John, sanctify them in truth because your word is truth. These are the things that we need to know and understand as we dive into the book of Jude. We need to know that as we are living in the world today, there are false teachers around us. There are people who have crept into the church with their own agenda, trying to pursue their own truths and add those truths to they are there to question the word of God and whether God really said that and to get people to think about, has God given a new revelation in scripture that's something different? Has God redefined marriage? Has God redefined gender? Has God redefined? No, God has not redefined because his book is closed. It is complete. It is 66 books of the Bible, and God primarily speaks through his word, and so we can count on this truth. And so what does he say in all this? Folks, folks, listen. This is what he says. This is happening in the church now. Peter warned us about it. He knew about it. He knew it was coming. It's here. The word of God, it tells us if we are the same way, that as we go through these cycles of of, of different years and as cultures change and we see things rapidly changing around us. This is not the first time that these things happen where you have untruth infiltrating the church. It happens all the time. But we are seeing a cultural shift with, with the internet that's around us. It is way faster for people to get information out there and untruth out there and it be so believable that people are being swayed away from the Word of God. And so what does Jude say? Hey, listen, guys, I, my, my intention was to write to you to talk about how we have all these great things in common. Maybe, maybe he was going to write to say, you know what we're all looking for? We're all looking forward to the day that Jesus returns and we'll all be together. Uh, how amazing it will be when we get to walk the streets of gold and we get to wear crowns and we get to spend eternity with Jesus because we all have that in common with Jesus. You know what? I'll never know. I will never know what Jude's letter was going to look like on the common salvation. But what I do know is that Jude felt it was absolutely necessary to rewrite and change the direction of his letter and call the church to fight for the faith. Contend for the truth of the Word of God. Teach sound doctrine. 
perform good deeds. Uh, that's the book of Titus. Sound doctrine is at the center of all that we have and all of who we are. And so we, you and I, why are we doing this? Those of you listening to Unlocking the Truth podcast, those of you who are watching this on YouTube now, why are we working through the book of Jude to start January? Fight for the faith. Fight for the faith because we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle against the devil, the one who is filled with untruth, and he is swaying a world away from the scriptures. He is swaying people away by asking the very same question he asked of Eve. Did God really say that? You and I, we need to know the Word of God. We need to know it better than we know the statistics of our favorite sports teams. We need to know the Word of God so well that when untruth comes, every red flag raises in our mind and says, that's not what God's Word says. And we need to fight for the truth. And we're going to look at how to do that. That's not for today's episode. It is for episode five. How do we fight for the faith? I can't wait. I'm so excited to get into this. I mean, I could, we could just make this podcast five hours right now and we could just be done. But we can't. We're going to release this bi-weekly for you folks. I'm so glad you're going to tune in. But let me just encourage you with this. We need to fight. And the best way to fight is to know the Word of God. You've got to know the Word of Truth. It is your weapon against the battle that we face in the world. And if you don't know the Word of God, you need to know it. You need to be able to know and how to take whatever question comes and be able to answer. It doesn't mean you need to know every single thing about the Bible. You don't need to be a, a Bible head who's just filled with all kinds of knowledge and no, no actual life transformation because you need to also live out the Scriptures. You see, according to Jude the ungodly, they were measured by their deeds, which we'll look at. But you see, the reality is if we're going to contend for the faith, we've got to know the Word of God. And if we don't know the Word of God, we're going to be pretty weak soldiers in that fight. Let's build ourselves up. Let's get ready for this battle. Let's contend for the faith. Are you looking forward? Are you excited about the next four episodes of Jude? I am. I can't wait. They're coming. Stay tuned. Hang in there. Join me. Study with me. Let's grow in the Word of God together. Father, we do thank you for all that we have seen in the text today. What a great encouragement it is to know that there is obedience and listening to your calling as Jude changed the way that he was going to write this letter to begin to think about writing about a common salvation, but then to say, you know what, you need to fight for the faith. Father, I'm so thankful that this letter is a part of the 66 books of your word because it is as applicable today as it was the day that it was written. 
we need to fight for the faith. We need to contend for truth in the world that we're living in now. Father, give us courage and boldness to speak truth into the world, regardless of what the reaction will be. Help us to be people who are not conformed to the teachings of the world, but we are people who are transformed by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this series of Unlocking the Truth with Precept Ministries Canada. Visit our website, preceptministries.ca, to find workshops and studies both in person and online that will further your journey in His Word and give you the tools to know God deeply and live differently.